Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Snapdragon Duplex. Today is the 2nd of February 2021. I'm at home, finally, uh, which means that Randy is away, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, so I'm going to hand you over to Randy now. Alright Mikey, alright Shaggers, Randy Phil here this week. I'm out doing the graft, so Mikey's taking the lead <laughs> on Snapdragon Duplex for the week. I'm going to try and keep my side of things short and sweet. Like yourself. And hopefully if I miss anything too big, Mikey can fill us in and catch us up with it. So this was just all leading up for a build-up for the beach break next week. And uh, kicking off the show, we had Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. And this was the one where it says... Neither of them need backup for it, so they just had a good match going at each other. Uh, big spot of the match that I fucking loved was Lance Archer choke slamming Eddie Kingston over the rope, mm. and he just got him on the edge of the ring. It looked sore as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, good match overall, and it ended with a screwy finish, of course, when the Butcher and Blade bring Jake the Snake Roberts out, beating the old pensioner. <laughs> Everybody's distracted with that. The bunny comes out for the other side, passes Eddie Kingston a set of knuckle dusters where he uses that with a back fist slash Judas effect for the win. As I said, it was a good match. I enjoyed it, but all it's done is built up for a rematch next week. I'm excited to see that. How about you, Mikey? You got anything you want to add for the match? How are you feeling about next week? I saw... At the start of the match, Eddie came out and he was biting and he was eye-poking and the ref was just standing watching it. Is this legal in AEW? I mean, it's not even fucking legal in the UFC. It's not even legal in the world, I guess, in the pub. But I guess if you have, like, undead satanic wizards and stuff and you're kind of cave you got a fucking zombie on the roster. So I guess, yeah... Maybe it doesn't fucking matter if you're biting and poking eyes and all the rest of it. Who cares? Come to A-Dub. Indie-rific. Uh, aye, the choke slam that you mentioned was fucking great. I noticed that he, like, hit... Eddie landed on his hip, which... It made it look a bit more safe. It still looked fucking sore, but, I mean, it looked a bit more safe. He kind of hit the hip and then landed on the floor. I also noticed that there was a really nice ripcord kind of uranagi that Lance did... Uh, it was a bit slow, but, you know, I mean, if he could speed it up, then, yeah, maybe they can make that a really good signature move. I guess it's not really a finisher. I mean, if he's doing fucking old-school moonsaults and that's not his finisher, then a ripcord or an is not going to be his finisher either. But it was cool. At the end, when you said that Eddie Kingston pulled the knuckle duster out and did kind of like a back fist, I was like, that would not knock anybody out in real life, man. It's like, the whole point of the knuckle duster is to get them g- straight on. Right in the fucking pus with the metal side of it. And if you're doing a backfist of that, you're going to hit them with the kind of outside of your hand. So, I don't know. Still, it looked cool. And Eddie won. So, like you said, good start of the show. And I enjoyed it. Next, we had uh, John Moxley's promo. And he said, but we were all thinking there's that many fucking alliances going on. No idea who's a party with gang. <laughs> All we know is that we're loving the Starfish Island boys, led by the King Why? Don Callis. And another point to note, 
if you get the chance to shag John Moxley, he likes his sex in the morning. <laughs> I particularly cannot be asked. It's far too early in the day for any of that. <laughs> what about you, Mikey? When's your ideal shagging time? Or have you got anything that you want to touch on with what John Moxley was saying, building up for beach break next week and the six-man tag? Uh, ideal time would be uh, when the moon rises. High, high moon. We'll go with high moon. I like that. I feel like a werewolf. Yeah, so John Moxley with a video package from outside Area 51. Where the fuck is he? You know when he's doing all these packages? Where the fuck is he? He's, it looks like that's outside Area 51, but then he shows up in Japan fucking a couple nights later. Where is he? Is he in Japan? No, because he keeps showing up and... Fuck knows. I don't know how he's getting away with it either. I don't know how Japan are letting him in and not making him fucking quarantine for two weeks. So, who knows? Who knows? But still, interesting. He was describing the dynamics of Starfish Island Club, like you mentioned, and it was kind of very much in a manner of speaking that we use, where we're like, right, okay, so now he's pals of him. All right, then. Yeah, I mean, so, hey, just pretty box cutter, wasn't it? And for there we go, for one backstage promo to another with Sting and Darby Allen talking about their street fight, and it's been confirmed that it's going to be Sting and Darby versus... Brian Cage mm. and Ricky Starks so it's it will still end up being a fucking 5 on 2 situation mm-hmm. isn't it proper don't know if it'd be a gangbang situation <laughs> time will tell it just felt like this promo was another waste of time we already knew the match was going to happen it was just a bit of time for them on the TV mm-hmm. I think they just had some sugar glass lying about so said, here you go, Darby, here you go, Sting, smash some Wendy's. <laughs> Sting fucking took out a good few whilst he was there. So, no doubt he'll be making good use of the bat next week. Mm. Because they are hoodlums. Would you make a, this promo, Mikey? I just thought it was cringe all over. <laughs> yeah, man, fucking hoodlums. What is this, fucking 1952? Like, who gives a flying f- Just... Why, why do they have to be in, like, an X-Files warehouse to do this promo? It's because of the sugar glass, wasn't it? So they could smash the windows up and be like, this is what we do. We hang out in warehouses with each other with a massive age gap between us and we kick fuck out of windows with skateboards. Also, Darby, you've thrown your skateboard through a window. You're going to have to go get it on the other side. You're just hurting yourself there, mate. JR said it was strong stuff. I say... It's strange shite. Uh, second match of the night, we had the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and who the fuck is Griff Garrison <laughs> taking on the Inner Circle, MGF, and their own beautiful blonde, Malibu Stacey, Jericho. <laughs> and before I get into the match, Mikey, I'll need to ask you, what do you think is worse? The MGF, Jericho mix that they've got for their entrance <laughs> or the Cody Rhodes Snoop Dogg mix Cody Snoop Cody Snoop I mean I actually kind of like the MGF Judas remix when they came out of MGF music I was like, what the fuck's going on and it kind of didn't work and then they kind of pulled it back and it kind of worked they they kept the chorus intact and that's the bit that everyone gives a fuck about really so I don't hate it it's, it, it's alright on that, Judas is a song which I fucking hated at first. I was like, this is cringy shite. Chris Jericho's band. 
Who ever wanted Chris Jericho to be in a band? Then I started liking it ironically when everyone else was singing it. I was like, oh, singing it in the house. And now I think it's a fucking banger. And I've kind of given myself Stockholm Syndrome with it with a point where I'm singing it in the shower and Louise fucking hates it. The match itself, I thought it was a fucking half-decent match. All the guys were looking good. Jericho looked much better in this match compared to the one last week, mm. which I uh, don't think that was really hard, was it? Last week's match was a bit brutal for everybody involved. I think Why? it was just a rushed job. <laughs> but yeah, I was pretty impressed with the Varsity Blondes, but I fucking think their name's absolutely daft. Mm-hmm. If they're going to be a tag team, they need a cool attire, they need a cooler name. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they got the entrance this week because they're still not quite big time, but it's good to see them on TV, and I think we'll be seeing more of them on AEW Dark. Yeah, a half-decent match. The only thing that I wasn't fucking impressed with was Griff Garrison. I think he was doing a good comeback, and then he hits a fucking double spear, and it just looked horrendous. <laughs> Did you catch that at all? No. Um, end of the match came with Je- Brian Pillman Jr. was out in the apron and he went to do a springboard off the top rope and Jericho caught him with a right good Judas effect mm-hmm. and just to let us all know that he's still got it he had an absolutely magnificent lion salt mm-hmm. looked straight in the camera gave us a smile and got the victory one, two, three. yeah Jericho and MGF, the official tag team of the Inner Circle, picking up the win. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was right, and last week Jericho purposefully done a shite lion salt. Just working as I would not put it past him. He is the king of works. Yeah. And then it was looking as though MGF and Sammy were having a bit of a fucking lover's tiff again. They touch on that again later on in the night, so we'll get there when we get there. Unless you've got anything you want to say about it right now, mate. Um, nah, I don't really. I mean, I, th- I think you covered everything I was going to cover. I didn't have many notes for this. It was alright. My favourite part was MJF calling uh, his opponent, I can't remember which one he called him, but he turned around and he's like, Goldilocks, and then the camera instantly panned over to Jericho, who had the exact same fucking haircut, which was good. Yeah, maybe Jericho was working us. I don't think it looked like he was working us. I think it looked like an old boy fucking up a move. But... Then again, he is the king of work, and I don't know if you've seen that. There's like a classic video of Jericho trying to do a lion salt, and he doesn't clear it. And I can't remember who he's wrestling. This is like the vaguest story of all time. It's like someone, someone, someone did something, something, something. But Jericho basically couldn't clear the lion salt, and his opponent kind of pushed him over so that he could. He caught him basically from breaking his neck. That was a shite story. Man, imagine if I'd remembered that story and I remembered who was in it. I remembered exactly what happened. But no, uh, no, I have to come in with a story half-cocked that I half-know. So we had that low-key banger tag team match followed by another couple of promo spots. First we had Pac talking about the six-man tag team for next week again. Mm-hmm. The promo was short and sweet. I like them short and sweet. <laughs> and understandably, it was raging about Penta being jumped I'm just going to call him Penta don't know if it's Pentagon or Penta El Zero Muerto <laughs> something or another um, what do you make of the promo Pac's been doing some good ones since we've had the lockdown and he's not been regularly on AEW because of the travel restrictions mm-hmm. yeah he's fucking he's good on he's good on the mic he's good on the camera Aye. 
give us more pack, please. Aye. Aye. What are your thoughts on the promo? Have I missed any big points from it? I would ask what your thoughts are on pack, but I think you've got just a bigger throb on as I do for the man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm massive. The only question I've got is, do you think that the Americans need subtitles for him? Because I love his promos and that, but me and you, we've worked with a lot of Geordies, so we kind of pick it up pretty quick. But fuck me. See if you'd never met a Geordie before and you thought all British people spoke like this. You'd be like, what the fuck's going on with him? Has he had a stroke? But I mean, yeah, other than that, it's great. And I think that kind of mad accent suits him as well, but there must be some Americans out there going... What the fuck is he saying, dude? You know, <laughs> Chad Hogan. And then we return back to the ring and Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson are coming out to discuss Cody's response to the Shaq match that could be happening. I think the promo ran on for a bit longer than it needed to. Arn was just pointing out for the fact that, Cody, you're going to be a dad, but you're still a pro wrestler, so <laughs> get in the ring and whip some ass. Mm-hmm. He did like to point out that Jade Cargill and Shaq are a couple of dominating individuals, so <laughs> this could be another weird, kinky match that AEW want to throw together. Don't kink shame them. And we're ending the promo with a Red Velvet coming out, who is Brandy's protege, I think. So the match is looking as though it's going to be Red Velvet and Cody versus Jade Cargill and Shaq. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've seen Jade Cargill or Red Velvet in the ring but I think it's mainly going to be a Cody and Jade thing they'll be using that as some sort of mixed tag mm-hmm. intergender match which could be cool we could see some good spots for it don't know who I want to see get the bigger fucking whooping out of the match all I know is Shaq should definitely get the pin Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll become a number one contender and we can have a Shaq versus Snoop Dogg showdown. <laughs> and you've got to give the people what they want. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Mikey? Snoop Dogg and Shaq for Revolution. <laughs> or the pay-per-view after Revolution, if this is where this match is going to be taking place. Yeah, Snoop versus Shaq. Snoop versus Shaq. I mean, you look at the size difference... There's only one man winning that. Snoop Doggy Dog. The only thing that I was a bit... I say the only thing. I was gutted about a few things in this, but the fact that Shaq wasn't there, it was just a fucking... It wasn't even a promo. It was just him on the NBA backstage thing that he does. Like the punditry he does for NBA, being like, Cody, you're an asshole. But like PG version of that. And Cody still hasn't decided if he's an asshole or not. So... You're kind of forcing him to make a decision about himself that he's not quite ready to make yet, Shaq. So I think that makes Shaq a heel. Also, I've noticed they've kind of re-edited the Snoop Dogg Cody Rhodes theme. They've re-edited it and it jumps between Snoop and his normal theme and it's a bit less jarring. It's still pish, but it's not quite as pish as it was. Man, I love Snoop Dogg and I really feel bad slagging him off. But that's the way it is. It's not his fault. It's fucking... Whoever the fuck's doing the mix for it. In next match of the night, we had Hangman Adam Page versus Ziggler Jr. <laughs> Ryan Namath. <laughs> I didn't realise how old Ryan Namath was. Whenever we were saying it was Dolph Ziggler's younger brother, I thought it was going to be like fucking mid-twenties or something. Mm-hmm. I've just checked it there. And the cunt's 36. <laughs> fuck me. Dolph Ziggler's 40. 
Jesus. Did not realise how old the guys were, but Dolph has been at it for years whenever you look back at it, innit? It's 40. Yeah, Hangman versus Ryan Nemeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a alright match. What you were expecting, Hangman to be making it look semi-easy work. Until suddenly a wild Matt Hardy appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to see more of Nick Nemeth. We'll probably get him on AEW Dark, build him up a bit. Mm-hmm. I think this might just be some sort of thing for AEW to try and get interest from Dolph Ziggler, see if he'll come over when his contract expires, maybe get him on a deal, get them in as a tag team, maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, for the match, I've not got any spots or anything that I want to call up. It's just what we expected, it was a fucking hangman win. And after the match, Matt Hardy gets on the mic... He pitches himself for Adam Page, letting him know that he's there for him. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, I really like this promo that he cut. And the thing is, Matt has good times on the mic and he has bad times on the mic. But when he has good times, he has great times. And yeah. it really gets you to build interest around him. So mm-hmm. who knows, is he, is he recruiting Adam Page? I thought this was just going to be a purely Dark Order thing, but... Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we've got Matt Hardy now. Could we see more people maybe try to get him in? Get some interest yeah. from him to join other teams? Couldn't even think of any off the top of my head. But I'd like to see if this is just everybody fighting to get Adam Page back. And then maybe Kenny Omega and the Elite regret kicking him out. If they did even kick him out. I can't remember if that's what happened or if he left in a huff. Could we see him maybe finally teaming up with FTR and Sean Spears with Tilly Blanchard and doing some sort of four horsemen shtick? Mm, okay. What's your thoughts on it, Mikey? Have you got anywhere you would like to see Adam Page going stable-wise? Or do you think he should just be riding solo and going for the gold? Personally, I want him to go solo. I, th- I think that lone cowboy, which is literally what he is, I think that works. I think it's cool. That four horsemen idea that you came up with there was pretty cool. I like that. That could work. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think I like the idea of him not going into a stable until he's kind of sorted things out with Starfish Island and he's kind of got his revenge on Kenny Omega and the Bucks. And they're kind of in their own thing right now. So I think that's going to be a long while down the road. So, yeah, I'm excited. He's probably my favourite wrestler in A-Dub, Adam Page. I think the Buckshot Larry, it's such a cool move. Uh, one thing I would say about Matt Hardy asking him if he wants to join him, he offered him to share his dressing room, no strings attached. Won't someone think about the goddamn children? This company's kinks, man. Every fucking week there's a young boy, or there's shared dressing rooms, or there's some other shit going on. Won't somebody think about the children? The match itself, um, <clears throat> Ryan Nemeth, I, you said Dolph Ziggler's wee brother, and I wrote B-list Dolph Ziggler, and then I started calling him B-Dolph, but then I realised if he's B-Dolph, then that makes Dolph Ziggler A-Dolph, and I don't think we're going to go down that route yet. We're just getting on our feet and we don't want to get cancelled, so we're going to put that crack to the back. Anyway, B-Dolph went for a leapfrog spot, and Adam Page stopped running. So he didn't run under him. So when he landed down, then he booted him in the face. And I 
fucking love when they do like a kayfabe breaking move like this. Another really good example of it's like when Samoa Joe, he's got someone up on the top rope, going to jump over and do like the flying nothing on him, like a double axe handle or something, and then Samoa Joe just walks out of the way, and the guy just fucking hits the deck. And you're just like, why doesn't everyone do this? You, do you not think the wrestlers are looking at the back, and they're watching it and going like, fuck, of course, when the guy Irish whips me, I don't have to run. I can just stand still. I don't have to run. The next match... I really enjoyed this one. It was a good bit of storytelling with it. It was Dax Hardwood of FTR going up against Jungle Boy of Jurassic Express mm-hmm. where Luchasaurus will be handcuffed to Tully Blanchard <laughs> and Cash Wheeler. And that's exactly what you want to do in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> two metre distancing, wearing masks. What does AEW do? Handcuff two guys. One of them possibly a pensioner how old is Tully Blanchard <laughs> yep handcuffed these two guys but to be fair they're handcuffed to a dinosaur mm-hmm. so maybe he can't get Covid maybe that's a smart move by them handcuffing a mask. and that's why Marco's stunt wasn't there because he's human he could have the Covid <laughs> but yeah the match itself I liked the match there were some good backwards and forwards a good showing for two guys in a one-on-one match that are used to normally working in a tag team situation. Spot-wise, I don't have anything again. I just I got entertained by the match. And that's all I was asking for from this. The match ends when Jungle Boy locks in the snare trap submission on Dax mm-hmm. and he has no choice but to tap. Again, good match. Really liked it. But it doesn't end there. It all kicks off after the match. When the guys are starting to get uncuffed, Tully Blanchard throws some powder into the face of Luchasaurus. And then they start the full-on beatdown. So, quick note for you, dinosaurs, not (laughs) COVID-affected, but hate a bag of powder in the face. Unfortunate. Yeah, it's just like fucking a lot happened in the space of a short time. We got a spike pile driver with Tully Blanchard hitting the top ropes. Mm-hmm. That was cool to see. And then they give a fucking beat down on Luchasaurus as well once he's down. And they dehorn him. Bastards. Those absolute bastards. Bastards. Thankfully, Marco Stunt comes out to make the save and he's got SCU with him. So I'm hoping to see a lot more for these three teams involved. FTR, Jurassic Express and SCU. But most importantly, next time when we see Luchasaurus, I want to see him with like his horns either bandaged back <laughs> up on the mask or little tiny horns coming back as if they're growing back. I don't know how dinosaur horns work. I'll need to Google it unless you can tell me off the top of your head. I am lost. But I want to end this part asking you a question of who has the best tune between Jungle Boy's new one mm-hmm. and Jericho's original Judas, not this fucking shite remix that we've got with MJF. <laughs> Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's tune is a fucking banger. That's, uh, that, that was the main thing. I've, re- I've wrote this about four times in my notes because uh, every time the crowd started singing it, I was like, this song's a fucking banger. It's a banger. Uh, it was a great match, actually. I fucking loved it. I've got a few things down here. The image of a seven-foot dinosaur sitting handcuffed to an old boy and just a normal guy in a jacket was 
it's like the ultimate meme. I don't know how people would meme it, but it's like, but it's great. Someone make a meme out of that because it's fucking brilliant. And every time it cut to them, I was, I just burst out laughing. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It, it looked like the weirdest job interview ever. It was great. One spot that I really liked was Dax lifted up Jungle Boy up for a powerbomb. He had him up for the powerbomb, spun round, bounced him off the ropes to get more momentum, I guess, and then fucking smacked him down on the ground with it. And it looked great. It looked dangerous, but good. Dangerous ain't bad, as long as it's safe. I guess a phrase you can only say when talking about pro wrestling. The reverse pin spot at the end was awesome. It was like when you're playing a game with WWE on the PlayStation or whatever and you keep fucking doing reverse pins and you know you're going to lose at some point, but it was great. It was definitely cocaine. They flew into his face. I was thinking, like, is it flour? But I'm like, why would you throw flour? I mean, you threw flour in someone's face, it wouldn't fuck you up. And then I was like, sand. I'm like, yeah, but it's too white for sand. And I was like, cocaine. They've overdosed him with cocaine. They found the dinosaur overdose level and they've just fucking battered him with it. Those bastards. <sighs> His horns, man. He grew those horns for six million years and this is what happens. I really hope they come back tiny, man. That would fucking get me. <laughs> Next we had the promo with Team Taz. Seemed a bit unnecessary. They just went and had a fucking beatdown on three guys that were telling, selling T-shirts. <laughs> and they repeatedly said that they were going to beat the ass of Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen. So they did say it was a street fight. I don't know what that means in AEW anymore. All these kinks. What are your thoughts on Team Taz's response, Mikey? There's just so many kinks. Won't anyone think of the damn children? Uh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it because it was so stupid. Like they came out, they beat the ever living piss out of some minimum wage making proletariat bastards, and they just beated the living shit out of them. Yeah, just dumb wrestling at its best. And we had the penultimate match of the night: Britt Baker versus Shanna. I quite enjoyed this match. Britt Baker was getting her ass kicked until our little assistant Rebel got involved and then Shanna just started receiving a full-on beatdown. I quite enjoyed Shanna in the ring here. I don't know if she has signed to AEW, but if not, don't need to get on her soon. Mm-hmm. And watching this match, for some reason, it just reminded me of Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. wonder how long she's got left out with the injury. I reckon she'll be back soon. Mm. We've seen her a bit more on being the elite. But... She was one of the fucking standout guys or gals on AEW. It's a shame that she got injured when she did. I reckon she could have been AEW champ fairly shortly. Mm-hmm. But I think they're starting to build a half-decent division now. Like I said, this Shanna, she's good there. I'd like to see her a bit more character work. Maybe we'll get that on AEW Dark. Maybe we'll get it on Being the Elite. Yeah. But nah. I've got some high hopes for this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the match. I enjoyed the match. It was good to see Britt Baker getting the win. Good yep. to see she's taking the hygiene seriously before she <laughs> was able to lock in the lock jaw submission for the win. And then after the match, she just added the insult to injury by applying it again. Mm-hmm. And then Thunder Rosa runs out for the save. So I'm, 
actually looking forward to this match next week on Beach Break. Yeah, me too. What about you, Mikey? What did you think of the match itself? And have you, are you going to be paying attention next week for this one that has been building for a little while now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I liked it. It was a good match. I think you're just right in what you're saying. The starting to build a division before it was a bit clunky and mediocre at best. But now, yeah, it's pretty good. I liked Shanna's Dragon Ball Z ring gear. I thought it was pretty cool. Britt Baker's the real star of this division, isn't she? I wonder how long it's going to be before they put the belt on her. Well, hopefully next week they do they do put the NWA belt on her. Because you can just be such a twat being a belt, holding the belt for a promotion you don't even fucking go to. She doesn't even go here, you know what I mean? It's fucking be great. Be good. It'll be good. Yeah, let's do that. And we're back to more drama with the inner circle. MJF and Sammy Guevara having a confrontation. I did not expect that... I would be rooting for Sammy Guevara. They've managed to surprise me there. One way for me to cheer a heel is to get an even bigger shit heel in. (laughs) And that's what they've done with MGF. Mm -hmm. I think these two are come and go week week by week. I don't know what I'm doing with the whole inner circle story. One week I love it, one week I hate it. This week, loving it again. Nice. But I'm sure next week they'll fuck it up. And I'll be raging. <laughs> what about you, Mikey? How are you feeling with the whole inner circle dramas and quarrels? Is there anything particular that you're excited with from the inner circle? I'm enjoying the inner circle, man. I always enjoy them. I like the melodrama. I think it's so stupid and it's so Jericho. It's so Jericho that the whole thing is just Jericho. It's, it's just dripping into everything and I love it. I, I like the idea that MGF's building himself up to be the fucking top heel. Sammy Guevara's getting a slow face turn here, I think. Which is good, because I think he works like a face. He's very flippy. He's fucking aggressive. He's good. But you, you, he can do that kind of tweener thing. Be a bit of a twat as well. That's where I think he'd be good at. One of the things I really liked about this promo was... MGF saying that Wardlow is the worst employee he's ever had and he's docked his pay for this week, which is fucking funny. I'm happy, man. I I like the Inner Circle. I like it. Let's just see how it goes. And just before we get into the main event of the evening, we have a promo backstage with, is this the Elite? Or is this just the club? Or the Bullet Club? Or what are they going by? Mm. I don't know. John Moxley probably spelt that out for me earlier, and I missed it. <laughs> but anyway, they're having a talk backstage until Kenny Omega comes to interrupt and ask the Young Bucks what the fuck's happening between them and the King of Starfish Island, Don Callis. <laughs> and just like the Candyman, you see his name, and he appears, <laughs> Don Callis himself, with a big fuck-off bandage around his face. <laughs> How could it have got worse from last week? I thought injuries healed over time. <laughs> Unless the young bucks just went out of their way to fucking find him again and give him another kick for good measure. <laughs> this swiftly gets fucked off and we get straight into the match of the Bullet Club versus the Dark Order. Mm. The match. I fucking loved the match. There was some good stuff happening here. It wasn't your standard, the elite going in and just whooping all the cunts Dark Order got some good offence in got some good fucking showing going 
Stu Grayson looking absolutely phenomenal. Johnny Silver, another one looking fucking brilliant. Evil Leno, Alex Reynolds. From what I first saw when they came, they've improved so fucking much. And I want to see more of the Dark Order. The two big points of the match that I really liked was uh, Stu Grayson having a good good wee run, a good comeback. And John Silver as well, just showing off his mm-hmm. strength, which you do not expect for the size of him. But fuck, he's a, he's a wee strong boy, like... <laughs> But as I said, I'm trying to keep this as short and sweet as possible. But you just have to point out for the fact that the Bullet Club hit a quadruple super kick and they couldn't even get the win off it, which goes mm-hmm. to show that Shawn Michaels' super kick is greater than that of four other people doing a super kick at once. <laughs> so don't worry, Shawn Michaels' finisher is still protected <laughs> for finishing the match. The Young Bucks pulled out the Meltzer driver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, fucking good match. It looks as though the Elite are finally starting to get along together now, mm-hmm. apart from the whole Don Callis prick situation. <laughs> That is until Ray Phoenix comes out and he's wanting to avenge Penta. But the fucking numbers catch up with him, don't they? And he gets a fucking whooping. Mm-hmm. And then the man Moxley comes out to quickly even things up. He fucking does his business. Kenny Omega then wants to get involved. Moxley doesn't give a fuck. He just gives him one of them bastard paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. A fuck is a shift. <laughs> so... That was AEW for this week, was it? Mm-hmm. That's all I've got. Yep. What about you, Mikey? What have you got for this? Have I missed anything for the main event? What did you make of the match? What did you make of the afters of the match? I had a lot of fun with this match, man. The Dark Order are so good on telly now. They've really found their footing. John Silver, by the way, the wee fucking hard, strong boy. He's my strong boy. The sequence where he went absolutely fucking ham on everyone outside and he ran back in and he pulled Nick Jackson off the floor for a fucking brain buster. It was amazing. I loved that. Absolutely loved that. Uh, yeah, you've mentioned about the Donaconda at the start, as Doc Gallows called him. I noticed when they came out and said it's a Bullet Club party, they were all wearing a Too Sweet t-shirt, which I thought was pretty cool. Showing that they're kind of... They are actually mates, even though Don Callis made it seem like they're not, which is good. The Stramash after the match was... It was fun. It was good. I don't know why they leave all the action for the last 100 seconds of the show, but there you fucking go. Uh, There was a spot where Phoenix did this amazing flip to the outside, but he went a wee bit too fast, and he landed on the barricade, and he just kind of just sat down on it like he'd won a fight in fucking... uh, in the octagon, which... It was cool. As a UFC guy, I fucking loved that. Uh, the Young Bucks have said that they're in the tag team battle royale. And if they win, they'll handpick the challengers and they kind of make a wink-wink, nudge-nudge, nod-nod to fucking good brothers. So it's going to be four on however many people are in it. Is it a 30-man tag? So it'll be four on 26. Still, going to be pretty cool. All right, so for next week, the beach break... Let's just run through the matches and see what we're making of it. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, DMD. I'm going to have to go with Britt Baker for this. Mm-hmm. 
she's the AEW one, isn't she? The other one's fucking NWA. Yep. You gotta give it to the home girl. What you're saying, Mikey? I think it's it's for the NWA title, so I'm I'm gonna stick with my guns here, man. I think you give the belt to Britt Baker and you give her the whole thing of I'm not fucking going to NWA, I'm gonna defend this in A dub and use that as the next heel angle for us. So hopefully it's Britt Baker. But my head tells me it's gonna be Thunder Rosa. And we've got Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. This week it was a case of nobody's got to be at ringside at the beach break. It's going to be a case of every cunt and their dug at the ringside for a lumberjack match. Well, Eddie got the fucking cheap victory this week, so I think Lance Archer will get a clean win next week when everybody just whips Eddie Kingston for him being a cunt all this time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Lance wins clean. Eddie gets his cunt kicked in by everyone. Stramash. Alright, next I'm going to skip the tag match battle royal for now. We'll come to that towards the end and we'll go for the Elite versus Moxley, Pac and Ray Phoenix. I'm going to have to give it to the Elite. You don't bring all these guys in just for your own boys to absolutely squash them. Mm-hmm. Unless we're in the early 2000s and you're going <laughs> for an invasion angle. <laughs> so yeah, must be the Elite taking the win maybe Moxley and Pack get a bit of fucking aggro with each other mm-hmm. and we build off of a Moxley Pack Ray Phoenix feud mm. yeah I like that idea yeah I think it's going to be the elite I think we're, we're kind of moving into a stage here where it's going to be like Bullet Club where in Japan they're just going to fucking dominate for a while and I'm all for it to be honest I've, we had the inner circle dominating when we first started A-Dub yeah let's do it Let's get these guys right up there as the fucking top stars in this show. So yeah, let's do it. The Elite to win. We've also got the wedding happening between Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our standard wrestling wedding. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. <laughs> What's going to go wrong? Chuck Taylor is going to fuck something up. Then he's got to get whipped off Miro. And if that's the case... Does that mean that the wedding hasn't happened? Ooh. And does that mean that Chuck Taylor is still going to be a young boy? Because they said he'll be the young <laughs> boy up until the wedding. Oh, that's if good. If the wedding doesn't take place. Oh, that's so if good. If they don't officially get married. Is this a lifetime of being the butler? I think that's what's going to happen. No wedding. Chuck Taylor, young boy for life. Nice. My initial thoughts were Orange Cassidy is going to fuck it up somehow. I don't know how, but it's going to be hilarious. But Charles fucking it up would be grand as well. One thing I did notice that we didn't mention was this ep- this week, they said that everyone's invited. Everyone. And you know what that means? Snapdragon Duplex has been invited to the biggest wedding of the year. I don't know about you, mate, but I'm, I'm chuffed for us. We've made it. We've finally made it. All right, so finally... I want to end on the number one contenders tag team battle royal match. Earlier in the night it was announced that the Young Bucks are going to be involved in the match and if they win, they get to pick their opponents. There's a couple of things that I think might happen here. You could have the Young Bucks win and they choose the Good Brothers to fight. Mm -hmm. I reckon that's the obvious tease. I don't think the Young Bucks will win, but if they did win, I would love it if they picked Don Callis and Head 
to fight <laughs> or even better an inflatable doll that's that would pop the tits off me but I think more likely it's going to be would it be MJF and Jericho or do you think it could be another team from the inner circle because I think all three teams are in it mm-hmm. Sammy Hager Proud and Powerful and MJF and Jericho the thing is for MJF and Jericho being the official tag team the other ones that don't have a fucking name sorted so mm-hmm. they need to get that they've got the shite theme tune I'll give them that they're <laughs> fucking trying something they've got a shite theme but they don't have a catchy name Malibu Stacey's um, so who is it who's going to win I think it's going to be Jericho MJF but I okay. would love it if it was Sammy Hager that mm-hmm. would just be fucking phenomenal What's your take on it, Mikey? I think that... I don't think anyone from the inner circle is going to win. I feel like it's going to be... There's going to be a, They're going to use it kind of like the Royal Rumble where they set up new feuds, they continue storylines, you're going to get stuff like that going on. I think that's going to be the good thing about it. So I think that the rest of the inner circle are going to throw out MJF and Jericho. I think that's going to set up the feud. Maybe Sammy throws MJF over the top and that sets up the tension. I don't think any of them are going to win. I think with the Young Bucks saying that if that they're in it as well, and if they win, they choose, and they were given the wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the Good Brothers. I think either the Good Brothers... No, I think they're going to roll with that. I think they're going to roll with that. Fuck it. I think the Young Bucks win, and they're going to choose the Good Brothers, but then they don't. They choose someone else. Like you said, Don Callis and fucking God... We haven't seen God wrestle for years, um, ever since him and Shawn Michaels broke up, so that Shawn Michaels could leave and do shite Christian movies. So yeah, Don Callis and God versus the Young Bucks, that's my shout. Alright, that's me for this week. I said I would try and keep it short and sweet, and I managed to fuck that up. (laughs) Once I get started, I just can't stop. (laughs) But thank you for all you mad shaggers for listening. Thank you, Mikey, you mad shagger, for <laughs> putting all this together. You can follow me over on Twitch at Randy Phil. Support the boys on Snapdragon Duplex on Instagram. Other than that, take care and mind what you are doing, trips. Well, thanks for that, Randy. Uh, another belter. So thanks, everyone, you big, dirty, sweaty marks out there and you mad shaggers. Cheers for listening. Remember to follow us, Instagram, Twitter, We're on all of them.